Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. Tonight's episode, Hidden Gem, Rooting for the Underdog, in homage to the late, great, incomparable Johnny Hartman. Here's Nightclub. So, Nightclub is a poem written by Mr. Billy Collins, and it makes reference to Mr. Johnny Hartman himself, a singer most famous for jazz ballads and also famous in recording history for doing an album in which he sings and John Coltrane accompanies him on the saxophone. Okay, so the poem again is called Nightclub, and it reads, You are so beautiful and I am a fool to be in love with you, is a theme that keeps coming up in songs and poems. There seems to be no room for variation. I've never heard anyone say, I am so beautiful, and you are a fool to be in love with me, even though this notion has surely crossed the minds of women and men alike. You are so beautiful. Too bad you are a fool, is another one of or you are a fool to consider me beautiful. That one, you will never hear, guaranteed. For no particular reason this afternoon, I'm listening to Johnny Hartman, whose dark voice can curl around the concepts of love, beauty, and foolishness like no one else's can. It feels like smoke curling up from a cigarette, someone left burning on a baby grand piano around three o'clock in the morning smoke that billows up into the bright lights while out there in the darkness some of the beautiful fools have gathered around little tables to listen some with their eyes closed others leaning forward into the music as if it were holding them up or just twirling the loose ice in a glass slipping by degrees into a rhythmic dream yes there is all this foolish beauty born beyond midnight that has no desire to go home. Especially now when everyone in the room is watching the large man with the tenor sax that hangs from his neck like a golden fish. He moves forward to the edge of the stage and hands the instrument down to me and nods that I should play. So I put the mouthpiece to my lips and blow into it with all my living breath. We are all so foolish. My long beatbox solo begins by saying, so damn foolish, we have become beautiful without even knowing it. 
Well, welcome back yet again, my dearest listeners. I felt inclined to pause, pivot, and pay homage to a remarkably talented vocalist who I deem to be a hidden gem, for lack of a better phrase, an underdog with an impeccable voice. So much so that he slithered his way into my heart by virtue of of a flawless and sultry rendition of my one and only love. That's what you hear in the background, my my dearest listeners. A co-creation of Johnny Hartman and also the late, great John Coltrane, one of my personal faves. A perfect, perfect, perfect harmony. So, this is the rendition that you're hearing in the background, oozing in the background, that I've been graced with courtesy of Alexa recently. But to my astonishment, I, coupled with an array of others, were unfamiliar with Mr. Hartman. Yet given his vast degree of talent, I couldn't understand why he wasn't more of a household name akin to legendary Duke Ellington, Dizzy Gillespie, John Coltrane, the list goes on, which he had the pleasure of of collaborating with, John Coltrane that is, to name a few. So this disheartening discovery actually tugged on my heartstrings and stirred my emotions upon the realization that Johnny Hartman was yet another classic case of raw talent lost in the shadows of the headliners. Hence, I've decided to eliminate his name, Mr. Johnny Hartman, your name, lights, post, you know, post Hummus, by virtue of this episode. So, here is a finding, okay, just to enlighten you, in case of, for any of those uh, of you or who are listening who were mutually unfamiliar with Mr. Johnny Hartman. He just, his voice just piqued my curiosity. I just wanted to learn more. So this was actually an article uh, via NPR titled Johnny Hartman, The Romantic Balladeer. I wholeheartedly concur. I fell head over heels in love with his, with him by virtue of his voice. Um, well, like I said, you know, I... I listened to him alongside John Coltrane as a better part of my morning Kickstarter. You know, I you know, just swaying and oozing and oozing and you know, setting the precedent for my mood and for my day. You know, by virtue of that morning regimen. So here's a quote. I've seen times when I couldn't go into white clubs and sing my style of singing. He either buck danced or sang a real gut bucket blues, and then they would let you in. You get the feeling uh, that you're never supposed to be serious or be a man who could fall in love. That's Mr. Johnny Hartman. So Johnny Hartman, and this is per NPR, was the quintessential romantic balladeer. I wholeheartedly agree. The only singer to record with John Coltrane on the iconic album John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman. His fame was limited mainly to true jazz lovers during his lifetime, which was rather abbreviated. You know, he only uh, he lived to be uh, roughly a, a mere 60 years. But it took us a, a movie soundtrack released 12 years after his death 
to move Hartman to the top of the jazz charts. Actor, producer, and director Clint Eastwood chose several of Hartman's recordings for the dreamy romantic scenes in his film, The Bridges in Madison County, and its sequel, Remembering Madison County. Please take note, ladies and gentlemen. Hartman was a master of emotional expression, putting a wealth of subtle nuance into every word he sang. With any other vocalist, performing love songs with that kind of intensity would easily come across as being over the top or gushing, but Hartman's rich baritone voice never wavered in its sincerity. Born John Maurice Hartman on July 23, 1923 in Chicago. Johnny sang in church choirs and the high school glee club before receiving a scholarship to study the voice at the Chicago Musical College. After a tour of duty in the Army during World War II, he won a singing contest conducted by pianist and band leader Earl Father Hines. Hartman later joined Hines' band. So Hines' group disbanded a year later, unfortunately, but trumpeter Dizzy Gillespie, as you've heard from Side earlier, soon recruited Hartman for his big band. So the singer's cool, understated voice was a dramatic contrast to Dizzy's rapid-fire bebop style. Though Hartman didn't feel entirely at home with bebop, he continued performing with Gillespie's band until it broke up in 1949. He later joined pianist Errol Garner's trio, but his tenure there lasted only two months. Throughout most of the 1950s, Hartman struggled as a solo artist. I find that hard to believe. Recording several noteworthy albums that never broke into the mainstream, while he always seemed on the verge of a greater success, he never got the commercial push that he needed, or in my opinion, that was well-warranted and well-deserved. So some speculate that Hartman came on the scene at the wrong time. Perhaps he was ahead of his time, ladies and gentlemen and that racism denied his potential opportunities for him. He was a handsome black man whose voice somewhat resembled those of many successful white vocalists. The idea of a black man singing love ballads and swooning white females didn't sit well in the 1950s America, particularly in the Deep South. Billy Eckstein was a black vocalist who had successfully crossed over to the mainstream, but not without backlash from white listeners who rejected his music. Hartman's career turned a significant corner in 1963 when he recorded his classic duet album with saxophonist John Coltrane. They performed stunning renditions of ballads such as They Say It's Wonderful and Billy Strayhorn's Lush Like. Yes. Cocktails. What is it? Oh, I love that song. Critics raved about the, the album, but the collaboration with Coltrane also had a downside. Hartman was now labeled a jazz singer by record executives and club owners. So despite his mastery of romantic ballads with potentially popular appeal, he had trouble getting work in big rooms like the Copacabana in New York. So John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman did, however, help Johnny secure additional recording contracts. Shortly thereafter, he was back in his element doing pop-oriented recordings with leading orchestras like those of Oliver Nelson and Gerald Wilson. Thank God. 
By the mid-1960s, popular tastes had shifted toward rock and roll and Hartman style at far less commercial potential. Still, he refused to compromise his own love of the romantic ballad and went abroad, where his style was still appreciated. He did a, a television special in Australia and recorded several albums in Japan, including a tribute to Coltrane after the sax player's death in 1967. After a break, Hartman would record again in the 1970s. His album Once in Every Life was nominated for a Grammy in 1981. Still loved by jazz enthusiasts, he would eventually achieve cult status after his death in 1983. And thanks to Eastwood's movie soundtrack, Hartman is finally getting the wider recognition he richly deserves. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to to add just a little snippet um, of another finding. This is Zocalo Poets. This is titled Johnny Hartman, the Great yet little-known song stylist. Again, Johnny Hartman, as we've established, born John Maurice, John Maurice Hartman from 1923 to 1983. Was, he was actually from Louisiana, but reared in Chicago. Okay. So imagine the best qualities of Frank Sinatra's voice from the 1940s and 50s, tender and thoughtful, or manly with confidence, and you'll have an idea of Hartman's voice. Now, lower that voice to a baritone bass and you've got Hartman. Okay? So Hartman had a, akin to Sinatra, had a great voice, but Hartman's interpretive skills with a ballad were more sensitive, refiner than Sinatra's for the author. I, I agree. So contemporary singer Gregory Jenneret has written of Hartman. He quotes, he was a master of emotional expression, putting everything he had into every word he sang. His rich, masculine, baritone voice never wavered in its sincerity. The only vocalist ever to record with John Coltrane, he was mostly known only to true jazz lovers during his glorious career. So Jenneret's cor correct when he writes, quote, glorious. He's also correct when he writes, in quotes, most, mostly known only to true jazz lovers. So Hartman's performances on record are glorious, and he was always too little known by the general public and is by now all but eclipsed in the internet era that is, is the 21st century, where history is 10 years ago. Redemption, you know, has been yielded, you know, courtesy again of Clint Eastwood and his film and his uh, wise decision to incorporate Hartman's, his, his songs, his works. Well, there, we would like to go ahead and close on that note. Um, but beforehand, I'd like to to close the episode out with um, a couple of, with a couple of my encore renditions of poems which I would like to dedicate to Mr. Johnny Hartman. I hope you're, you're jamming in the heavens. The first of which, as you may recall, is Transcendence, one of my original published works, Transcendence, A Rite of Passage, Heaven to Earth. As your budding fingertips grace the ivory, 
I ingested your petition via fluidly refurbished scales, co-created by melan melancholic prose, melodic prose, infused with sonic ingenuity. Every chord rousing the she, the chi of awestruck spectators, thereby evoking exorcisms emanating from the sanctuary to the heavens where you rest. Mr. Johnny Hartman, where father becomes abruptly roused from his premature slumber in excess of two years, thereby igniting his buoyant, supernatant descent into the, into the spiritual domicile engulfing you, the thriving fruit of his expired hands. Father, invisible to your unclad eyes, silently accompanies you, gallantly perched upon the upholstered bench where your rendition ascends and permeates the famished minds, parched souls, and frayed spirits of the congregation, clutching, arresting, seizing the approval of the celestial patron in your midst. One mas, one more, one more. Another published work, original published work of mine. This is Paternal Underdog, unscathed by the unscorned. Exuberance evoked by the melodic hymn, Lovely Day, splattered the atmosphere illustrated by water watercolored estivates. Confirming triumph yielded via the graceful, fluid rite of passage of the junior apprentice, shedding his juvenile flesh prior to the evolution. Suddenly thunderclaps emit wailing wind as darkness descends and silence manifests, annihilating the glue spawned from infectious birdsong, incarcerating the calm which sullied the sprightly aura. The patriarch, abruptly ensnared, untraceably vanishes, leaving the bewildered product, ripening fruit of his loins, procreated via an amorous conduit, none other than his son and solace, who collapsed, crashing upon feeble knees, gazing upward, uttering, O Father, where art thou? Unscorned and unabashingly basking in the remnants of boyhood meshed, garnished with admiration for the paternal underdog torn, severed from his grasp. I can't resist, last but not least, one more. Dreams undeferred, prophecy fulfilled, Dedicating this one again to Mr. Johnny Hartman. No. Nein. Niet. Ne. Non. Are but a few ways they plagued me with the decline. Yet I summoned, siphoned the remnants of my battered and weathered spirit, compounded by the insult amplified with the injury spawned by Old Man Winter inducing the ill-harmonic song of a snarling arctic wind pummeling my ears, devouring my naked hands, desperately seeking, searching, yearning for the summer solstice to thaw and melt my frigid disposition. My effervescent fervor, energy waning, I harness the nerve to genuflect, casting an upward gaze, devotedly paying homage to Father, hovering above, within, and below, despite the painstaking trills of the faithless, 
uttering the mantra of my projected defeat, yielded by the campaign fostered by my audacity to dream. However, I re-enter the ring, the arena, disrobing, discarding the tattered cloak, saturated, drenched, stained with saline tears, shed by virtue of ritually petitioning for welcome redemption. Suddenly, the sun fiercely pierces billowing clouds, illuminating, igniting my faltering hope, annihilating, consuming, taking precedence over the stench of failure, evoking the score. Welcome redemption, alas. Well, I'd like to gracefully draw this broadcast to a close now, ladies and gentlemen for real this time, and humbly implore you all, charge you with tuning into Mr. Johnny Hartman's melodious works. Moreover, I hope this modest dedication uh, receives Mr. Hartman well, in spirit, where he rests, he tranquilly rests. Cheers, and kings to you, Johnny. I hope you, Coltrane, and other instrumental musicians are having, are jamming together in heaven. Thank you for gifting us with your extraordinary voice, style, charm, emotion, and class. I'd like to also pause at this very juncture and render my utmost gratitude to um, my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, for your unwavering support of the years. Coupled with all of you listeners, magnifying spanning the spectrum of the globe. <laughs> Please bear in mind that this radio show and movement does still yet rest upon your very broad shoulders. Therefore, I humbly implore your continued listenership. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez Scales, signing off.